Welcome to Deadline Day episode of No Pucks Given Podcast, episode four with Nick Abbott and uh, Josh Whitney. How's it going today, Josh? Great, man. Excited to talk about all the big hockey deadline, trade deadline news that we have. Yeah, for all the hockey fans out there, this is your episode for sure. So um, let's kick it uh, right over to icing to get it started. We're going to go right into probably the least important trades, the most influential trades that happened uh, this week so far. So first we got Dallas Stars. They got Ben Lovejoy for Connor Carrick and a third round from the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, so obviously uh, those two trades, or that, that trade right there, uh, not a not a big trade, but uh, you know, two solid defensemen, both of them. Um, neither of them are going to make the biggest impact on your team, but it's definitely you know just a switch around, new... Uh, you know, new scenery for both of them for sure. So another Dallas Stars trade. They pulled off uh, Matt. They got Matt Zuccarello from the New York Rangers for conditional picks. Yeah. So this trade obviously uh, wasn't one of the bigger ones, but uh, it's definitely one of those trades that you look at, and it's a good trade for Dallas uh, right now. Zuccarello has uh, 37 points in 46 games this year, so it's uh, it's definitely a good pick for uh, you know a couple of conditional picks. That doesn't really matter for sure. The third trade that we're going to talk about is uh, Detroit Red Wings. Got Madison Bowie and a second rounder from Washington for Nick Jensen and a fifth rounder. Yeah, it's good. I, I mean, personally, I think uh, I think you see Washington give up a little bit more than what they should have for Nick Jensen. Nick Jensen uh, hasn't been the biggest player in Detroit, but Madison Bowie is a good defenseman, young guy. Um, that second round pick's not going to amount to much from Washington, but it's definitely a solid trade for Detroit, no doubt about it, I think, yeah. And other Washington Capitals news, they also got Carl Haglin for picks from L.A. Yeah, Haglin's been a been a big suitcase in the league this year. He has only eight points in 39 games. Not uh, not his best year, but uh, he started the year in Pittsburgh, went to L.A., um, and now he's going to Washington. So, he's uh, yeah, he's a good player, especially in the playoffs. He's that role player, third line, gritty guy. So, he'll, uh, he'll definitely bring a little bit uh, to their lineup uh, when it comes to playoff time. Another big trade, we have the Boston Bruins getting Charlie Coyle for Ryan Donato in a fifth-round pick. Yeah, so that trade um, that trade obviously is a good one. Uh, Ryan Donato has 12 points in 36 games this year. He's not an everyday type of player for Boston, but Charlie Coyle will definitely be an everyday player. He's from Massachusetts, so it just makes sense. He's going to play in his hometown team, and he's had, he has 28 points in six, 61 games this year. The guy is 6'3", 220 pounds. He's a big dude, good center. So I think the, the Bruins definitely won this trade. There's no doubt about it, and he'll, he'll be a big player on their team when it comes to playoff time. And big Columbus Blue Jackets news will hit their last two trades, and it does not involve Panarin. Uh, they got Ryan Zingle from Ottawa for Anthony or Anthony Duclair and two second round picks, and they also the bigger part of another trade they pulled off of Ottawa. Uh, they got Matt Duchesne and Julius Bergman for Vitaly Abramov. Probably butchered that name, sorry. And Jonathan Davidson and two first round picks. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about the Zingle one first. Zingle has 44 points in 57 games, um, and Duclair has 19 points in 53 games. Um, another guy that's been pushed around the league a little bit in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, started in. Uh, Arizona, and you know he's been he's been playing. Uh, he played in Chicago last year, now Columbus this year. So he's uh, he's been around, but uh, you know he's a good player, and I think you know he's a solid role player for uh, for Ottawa. But Columbus definitely picked up their players that they wanted. Uh, a little some role players. Ryan Zingles having a good year at center, um, and Matthew Shane's also having a pretty solid year, fifty nine points in fifty two games on a team that 
has not really done anything. So it's a uh, it's a good trade uh, for both both trades are pretty good, and I mean I, you can't go wrong with it. But um, it, as a result of this, you know Panarin might actually not get traded, which uh, you know they're trying to make that push for the for the first round uh, for the first round exit again this year, and we'll see how it goes. You gotta love hockey trade deadline news because this is getting to the time of the year where teams are loading up on good players for a playoff push, yeah. and that's something that uh, is a little bit different across all the leagues. Like NHL, kind of has their stake on that. They, there's there's guys that get geared up for playoff hockey, and teams know that, and they want them on on their team yeah. to help the maybe less experienced players. Yeah, there's a couple guys like that definitely, and, and there's there's a lot of them coming up in the next topic we're going to talk about. So, yep. Uh, obviously, in that trade, uh, Ottawa's loading up on picks, and we'll kind of talk about that later. Um, they're going to try to rebuild that, uh, that franchise, so we'll see how that goes. The top four available trade candidates that uh, maybe we'll be talking about next week episode that's still on the chopping block. Yeah, so the deadline is tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern. So I think we'll have all eyes on uh, on our computers and on our TVs and phones at that time of the day. But um, yeah, I think the top. We're gonna go top four because in the top five there's a pick, but we're not really gonna talk about that. But um, <clears throat> Gustav Nyquist from the Red Wings, he has 48 points right now in 68 games and 60 games this year. It's not bad. He's a good player. He's a good role player once again, and uh, he's a good scorer. So if they could, uh, if a team could pick him up, I could see a team that's you know a little late in the playoffs picking him up. Uh, you know, it could be a good trade. Uh, Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers. He has 42 points this year. He's another good player that, uh, you know, a lot of people probably want on their team. And um, he's, he's a solid guy. Um, Wayne Simmons from Philly, um, which we'll talk about him a little bit more later in the episode as well. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely one of those players that you want on your team when it comes to playoff time. He steps it up a notch. He's a hell of a hockey player, and he really just admires the game, and I and I love the way he plays. So hopefully he gets he gets moved to a team that, you know, I mean, I, I don't personally see Philly moving him right now because Philly's on a roll, and, and they got their team right now that they, they could actually make a push to the playoffs. Um, if anything, they're trading him for a defenseman, but uh, we'll see how it goes from there. And then Mark Stone is the other one, which I 100% think he's going to be moved. Um, for more picks to add on to Ottawa's already 16, 16 uh, draft picks in the next uh, in the next three years. So we'll see where it goes, but I think Mark Stone is definitely going to be moved by tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern for sure. Um, let's talk about Patrick Kane's point streak a little bit. Pretty incredible yeah. what he's doing right now. Uh, I know you're not the biggest Chicago Blackhawks fan, but you have to respect what this guy's doing right now. No, in yeah. the NHL. <clears throat> I'm not a big pa- – I'm not a big um, – Chicago Blackhawk fan, but I do I do like Patrick Kane. I love the way he plays. He's such a good player, such a fast player. He really started that whole trend of just being a speedy guy, um, and I and I love watching him play. He's at 93 points this year in 61 games. He's right behind Kucherov. So um, I don't think he's going to catch Kucherov. Kucherov is on fire this year, but uh, you know, yeah, Patrick Kane definitely. Uh, what's his points you got? Like 20 20 something games. So. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable! He has the current record for um, Americans' point streak um, with 30. So now he has the top two. So uh, you know you can't really shut him down. He's he's a future Hall of Famer for sure. Speaking of Kucherov, he's on Tampa Bay Lightning. They still have a chance to get the single season wins record. Yeah, they are playing incredible. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. We've talked about it's awesome that they're doing incredible. I I it'd be great to see him set the record, but. 
come playoff time, what can they do? And what do you think about Kucherov and what he's doing right now? Kucherov is just, you know, an absolute monster. He has 70 assists this year, 30 goals for 100 points in 62 games. I don't know how much he's going to finish off with. You know, he'd have to finish with 164 points to have two points a game. Um, but that's that's nearly impossible. But, you know, he's such a well-rounded player. He can hit. He can do everything. Um, he's a big dude, and I'm just enjoying watching him play. He's, he's, he's just such, he's such a dynamic player. He just takes over the game, you know. He makes everybody around him look better, which is always great, you know. Um, and Tampa Bay... We're going to get into that for a bit. Um, they're at 47 wins, 11 losses, and four overtime losses. So we'll add that up, and, and that's 14. That's 15 losses. So they can only lose four more games to have the record, um, and they have 20 games remaining. They have to have five wins in between each loss. What do you think about that? What's the chances? The way they're playing right now, I don't see anyone beating them. I think they have a legit chance to get that record. Yeah. I know we talked about it a couple episodes ago, and I was like, there's no way they're going to get that record, and yeah. then they go on this winning streak. So if they can keep this great play up, and it just depends on towards the end of the season and um, see if anyone gets worn down, and that's what I thought was going to happen is they're going to yeah. start losing. But they look good, and I would be very surprised if they don't at least make a push. or If they don't get the record, maybe only miss it by one or two games. Yeah, I'm with you on that, and I'm, I'm really with you on that. But I, I know that – when it comes to playoffs time, that record doesn't mean anything to them. Uh, they they have their struggles in the playoffs, and <clears throat> if I was them, I would worry more about the playoffs and, and resting your star guys and making sure they're going to be 100% for that playoff run because they deserve they deserve a good playoff run. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but you can't have the same thing that's happened the last couple of years with that team. You know That team is going to run out of star power eventually, and they need, they need to get it done now rather than later. So... So on uh, other hockey news too, a couple uh, suspensions and non-suspensions we're going to talk about. Connor McDavid, uh, he was given a two-game suspension for um, what the league is calling a dirty hit on Islanders' Nick Letty. Yeah. Do you think it was a dirty hit, and what do you think about Connor McDavid's response to, to that? I think it was a dirty hit, um, but I don't think like you know if I don't think if it wasn't McDavid, um, I think if it was like just an everyday regular player, he he you know he might have not gotten anything because it's just so noticeable that it's Connor McDavid, you know? Um, but now if it's a player that's done that stuff before, you're getting you're getting more than one you're getting more than two games. But McDavid to see McDavid get suspended, that's definitely a point to the league that they're not gonna let any of this stuff get away, even if it is the best player in the world. So it's good on the league for doing that, but it's hard on the league for losing their best their best player, you know. Uh, I think that's the hardest part about it for sure. Um, but I, I do agree with the suspension, yeah. I agree with it only because you're going to have to look across the league and say, "Hey, we're we're pushing this uh, safety, yeah. this head safety thing. We need it. We need to protect people." So they are. They kind of made an example of Conor McDavid. We're going to give you two games, and they kind of set a precedent for the rest of the league, saying, "Hey, if you're going to hit people high, well, I don't care who you are. Even if you're the big the biggest star in our league, we are going to suspend you still." One hundred percent. And other news that someone that's is not going to get suspended for his hit and actually look like a good hockey hit was Wayne Simmons, who we talked about earlier yeah. for a trade deadline candidate. The NHL Department of Player Safety said there was another angle that we did not have access to um, from NBC. They have another camera angle. He actually hit the clavicle of the uh, player of Dumoulin, is that is that right? Yeah, Brian Dumoulin, yeah. Yeah, um, he hit his clavicle and did not hit his head. So uh, they... They said he will not even have a hearing for his hit. Uh, well, do you think that hit was dirty? Um, 
or and what do you think about um, them not even having a hearing about the hit? I thought it was. I don't. I don't think it was dirty. I think it was a clean hockey hit. Just the way he hit. Just the way it looked. It looked like he hit his head. Even if it did hit his head, it was a clean hockey hit. It was just beautiful. Uh, you know, just perfectly into the boards, hit him. Uh, but. Yeah, I don't think that's a suspendable hit, in my opinion. You know, if it if it was directly to the head, there's no question. But that type of hit, if it, even if it did scrape off his head a little bit, you're not suspending him over that. That's a clean hockey hit, and it it was a good way to spark that game a little bit. I I love it. I mean, we both I think are on record or saying on the shows. I want them to hit more, and yeah. I love it with the physicality of the sport, and I don't want that to go away. Right. Um, and, of course, you can imagine all the Pittsburgh Penguins were angry after the game, and they talked to a lot of their players, and they said it looked pretty high. It looked like he left his feet. But according to the video, it did. if they go back and watch the replay, they'll see it's uh, clearly a good hockey hit. Yeah. So. And, uh, obviously, upcoming in the next couple of hours, we have playoff hockey to talk about. It's going to be yeah. exciting. We have a couple Western Conference uh, races. Really, the only race is who's going to make those last wild card yeah. uh, spots. Yeah, which we'll, we'll, we'll hit a little bit later in the episode as well. So, um, Next, we'll get into the, the jump ball segment of the uh, program today. So to uh, start out, we have uh, Boston players being very confident that they are going to not only make the finals, yeah. but Kyrie said no one can beat them in a seven-game series. So what that tells me is they are confident they're going to win the finals. What do you think about the confidence? And Jason Tatum this last week in All-Star Game saying they will definitely make the, the finals. And that video is pretty funny. If you guys haven't seen it, go online and watch Jason Tatum. He doesn't sound very confident <laughs> when he says it. So. Yeah. No, I, I mean, uh, they're a good team. But with the way that they've been playing lately, they lost to the Bulls last night. Uh, you know, and, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna come out and say after you lose to the one of the worst teams in the NBA that you're gonna win a seven game series against teams like, like Milwaukee and like Toronto and like Philly. Like, you know, I mean, it's possible. Like anything's possible when it comes to the playoffs in any sport. But when it comes down to the fact of not having the the greatest team, you know, you haven't had all your stars play the way they have they they could. You're not you're not going to make that push for the finals, you know. I mean, I know there's no LeBron in the East anymore, but now you got Kawhi to worry about. Now you got Giannis to worry about. You know, there, there's so much more coming in for the Celtics to worry about, and they don't know what's hit them yet. You know. So. Yeah, I don't I don't think they are going to make the finals. I think they're a great team, but it, to make the finals, they're going to need uh, Gordon Hayward to play how he was pre-injury before he yeah, messed up his leg exactly. because that's a huge piece that they they expected to be an anchor on their team and that's not happening yeah. right now they sit fifth in the eastern conference standings which means right now their first round that they would play the 76ers and i don't see them beating the 76ers in a seven game series i don't care what Kyrie says i i definitely disagree with that and before they start making bold claims they might need to start winning games because they're on a two-game losing streak after all this talk so yeah yeah. Um, another uh, news, talk about losing. We have the Los Angeles Lakers, and um, LeBron James is getting very frustrated. Uh, a couple couple games ago, he said that he's pretty much going to activate playoff mode LeBron, and he's going to be uh, taking it to the league. Well, they lost last night to the Pelicans yep. without Anthony Davis, and he said after the game they need to be that the Lakers are comfortable with losing, and they need to be obviously uncomfortable with that and and uh start playing a little bit harder so what, what do you think about the lakers not only their playoff chances but also how this season has really gone to lebron and probably wasn't expecting it yeah so this is the first time lebron has been oh under 500 this far into the season 
Um, they're at 29 and 30. Um, you know, the, the playoff team ahead of them right now would be the Los Angeles Clippers, and they're four wins ahead of them. So, you know, and they're on a two-game win streak right now. If you're the Lakers, um, I don't think you're making the playoffs right now in, the, in this type of situation. Now, it is LeBron, and he is the best player in, in the league, in my opinion, but it's, it's hard for me to say that um, he's going to be able to take this team all the way up there because, you know, four wins is a lot of wins because especially – you know, if you're, you, you know, if you win four in a row, yeah, but you know, Los Angeles Clippers might win four in a row as well, and then you're you're back to square one. So it's definitely not going to be an easy task. And if it happens, it happens. It'll be cool to see the Lakers back in the playoffs. But I, I don't believe it's going to happen. Uh, how, what do you feel about that? I don't think it's going to happen either. However, just looking at the teams ahead of them, like you said, the Clippers and the Kings, and really even the Spurs on the at the seventh mm-hmm. seed, um, they could realistically drop. But let's just say the Lakers do squeak in on the eighth seed they have to play the warriors first round and they will get blown out of the gym yes, from yes. the Warriors. so that's not it's it's not gonna be good no matter what and i think you're gonna see uh lebron he's already started to recruit pretty hard we already know that but this offseason is gonna be huge for him because he realizes he cannot win with the team he has and they're gonna have to get rid of some players and and sign a couple big stars exactly Le- lebron is the one of the best players in the league if not probably still the best but he needs help yeah and uh, I think he realizes that now. Yeah. And uh, the minutes he's logging and how he has to play from here until the end of the season, that's only going to affect him even if they get in the playoffs. Yeah, he uh, he definitely didn't have the best help when they were in, you know, in the in Cleveland last year. I mean, look at their team. They didn't have, you know, Kyrie anymore. And Kevin Love wasn't as good as he used to be. So, I mean, he but he took that team to the finals, but it's different. You know, they had, they had key pieces. This whole team that he is around him right now is just super young. You don't have the team that, you know, they, the Cavs had um, vets on that team that were able to help him out and, and be their, be his anchor and, and bring him that far. They're, they're, they're not good enough to bring – he's not that good enough to bring a full team like this to and, the finals. And let's be honest with ourselves. He made it to the Eastern Conference Finals – or, I mean, sorry, the Finals, and he went through the Eastern Conference because of one reason. It's because the Eastern Conference is not as strong as a conference. No. And until this year, I would say like yeah. they have a lot of loaded teams this year. Yeah. But for the for the years that he was in the Eastern Conference, LeBron went through that because they did not have strong teams. Yeah. He comes over to the Western Conference, and if you're having to play most of your games against teams, especially in his division, teams like the Warriors, you have you have the Nuggets that are up top, you have the Thunder, you have the Rockets. I mean, that is four teams right there that take it to the Lakers. Unless you have a good full team, you aren't going to beat them. Yeah. So. He has that to worry about in the Western Conference, which is is obviously uh, not helping their record and is not going to help them make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, another basketball news: Houston beat the Warriors last night. Um, is actually James Harden without yeah. James Harden, kind of a big deal there because I think Houston's uh, biggest problem, obviously, they can light it up in the regular season, but they have failed in the playoffs uh, consistently. However, if you have a healthy Chris Paul, like we saw last night, and if James Harden is healthy during the playoffs, I think. Houston might be the most dangerous team in the Western Conference right now. Yeah, I do agree. I do agree with that 100%. I, I still believe that OKC is going to put a big push on that on every team in the West because just just like they're like the way that they think they they're always thinking that people are against them, so they just have so much motivation to do whatever you know they put their mind to. So I think they're they're going to be a hard team to beat as well. But yeah, you're right. You know, Houston obviously with James Harden and his 
unbelievable season he's putting together. They're at, they're in fifth right now in the West. So, um, you know, right now, if the playoffs started today, they'd play Portland, who I think they'd easily take care of, even though Portland is a really good team as well. Um, but, yeah, they, they need a full, healthy team, and they'll be a good one for sure. So obviously exciting to talk about because we're going to get into playoff basketball pretty soon as well. And uh, that's going to be a pretty good episode when we break down every matchup when that comes. We're coming down the stretch and we'll see how the seedings kind of change. There'll be some really good matchups we can talk about. Yeah, the, the, East is going to be, the East is going to be an easy one to decide, but I think the West is going to be the hard one to decide. you got teams in the East that kind of haven't been in the playoffs in years, so it's going to be an interesting uh, playoffs for the East for sure. All right, we're going to hit it over to um, – Baseball right now. Yeah, seventh inning stretch. Uh, let's start her off. All right. So in baseball, the biggest news we finally got some uh, some some signings, and uh, that one is going to be Manny Machado signs for uh, what was it, ten years, three hundred million dollars at the San Diego Padres. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? Very surprising. I think we talked about this couple, or we've been talking about it because they haven't been signing, but um, I can't believe that we talked about the Padres just being as bait pretty much for these players to make other teams come in and offer more. And a small market team like San Diego decided to use most of their payroll for one player, Manny Machado. Do I think that's going to make a difference? A lot of baseball writers saying they have a good farm system in three or four years, they they could be competing. But I don't think that dumping $300 million in Machado... With his attitude and the way he plays, I don't think that's going to uh, have success in San Diego. Yeah, I think he'll join the long list of athletes nowadays that are demanding a trade uh, in the next couple of years. I think he'll be out of there, personally. I don't think a player like that uh, is going to wait 10 years or 8 years to win a championship. You know, I mean, he wants one, and I, I can't believe he signed somewhere like that. You know, I thought he'd be going somewhere, big market, um, good team. I th- Honestly, he might have. I thought he was going to go back to L.A. again. Um, play there but you know cap cap obviously stops half of that from happening so yeah it's a surprising uh surprising signing and hopefully you know we'll talk more about you know bryce in a a couple episodes too but we'll talk about him for a bit now yeah bryce uh obviously he's meeting with teams in vegas and the big news is that uh the phillies owner actually flew to vegas one said he was not going to leave until they got a deal done that didn't happen they left on he left on saturday night so last night late did not get a deal done, but they're optimistic that they will get a deal done by Monday or Tuesday. The reports are that Bryce wants 350 to $360 million range, which is pretty incredible if you think about it. Uh, what do you think about the fact that he may get a $350 million guaranteed contract from the Philadelphia Phillies? Yeah, that's a wild contract right there, in my opinion. I don't think anybody is worth that much money, um, and the Yankees have what will probably be the second highest paid player in the league now if, if he is assigned this. And I still don't think he's worth that money. And I'm a diehard Yankees fan. So it's hard it's hard to ever accept the fact that a player is going to make $350 million. Um, he's a good player, yes. He's definitely got better attitude than Manny Machado. He definitely deserves that, uh, deserves that contract. But I don't know. It is a lot of money. And I, I think it's going to be hard to turn down um, Philly for sure. I think, I think that's the definite location for him and uh supposedly the white Sox and padres are reportedly still involved in discussions with bryce harper as well which i can't imagine that the padres are going to be still in those discussions because they're going to dump their payroll into just two players i don't think that's going to happen and uh and i don't think machado would be cool with 
Harper eclipsing his contract and coming to play with him yeah. in my in my mind. So we'll see what uh, kind of shakes out with uh, that, and we'll see how they negotiate with Bryce. Yeah, we'll 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 uh, keep an eye out on it, and it might happen in the next couple of days. So yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll hit it over to the NFL news and uh, fourth down. Fourth down. So uh, really, no new NFL. Uh, news, except we have Robert Kraft getting busted for uh, prostitution, soliciting prostitution in Florida at a uh, spa. So uh, a lot of funny uh, jokes and memes out there about him, but yeah. let's be honest, uh, the league's going to probably suspend him for however many games, and he's going to be in some legal trouble. So Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, the Patriots always seem to get their way out of trouble, so uh, we'll see how they do and see how much they pay him off, but... Um, yeah, it's it's a sticky situation. When I found when I heard about that, I, I kind of kind of had a good laugh about it. It's funny. It's a it's a stupid thing to get yourself into. Even though he is uh, he's claiming that he had no idea what it was and that it was just a spa for a foot rub. So we'll see uh, we'll see how that holds up in court. But hopefully, this is the downfall of the whole Patriots team. I, uh, I'm hoping. And uh, we'll obviously in the next uh, couple weeks be diving into the NFL draft and talking about talking about um, some potential draft picks and where people go. Yeah, so. and trades and stuff like that. We'll see. Uh, and Antonio Brown, we're going to be looking out for him and Le'Veon Bell as well, so see where they're going to end Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Big big news for this offseason, for yeah. sure, for the NFL. Yeah. Uh, we'll kick it over to the local now. Uh, we'll talk about a little Arizona news, and we'll then uh, kick it over to you. Um, so first, we'll talk about Coyotes. There are four points out of playoff position, Western Ooh. Conference. And the wild card. Do you think, I know you said last episode you're very pessimistic, and I don't think our listeners appreciated it, <laughs> that they will not make they will not make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, okay, so, I mean, yeah, they kind of kind of backfired ever since I said that during a little two-game win streak. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still don't think they're going to, even if they make the playoffs, I don't think they're going to make, make any you know effort to really make a push for the, for the finals or anything like that. But... Uh, if they get lucky enough to get into the playoffs, they'll be playing a team like Calgary um, or Nashville or somewhere, somewhere around there, Winnipeg. I don't think it's it's going to be easy. I don't think it's going to be you know tough either. You know they they could pull something off, but they definitely need their full team back, and they don't have that right now. They're not going to have Ranta. They're not going to have Schmaltz. So it's it is it's just pretty tough for them to even be considered a playoff contender. But if they make it happen, it'll be pretty cool. Well, playoffs or not, the, tonight they're uh, honoring a Coyote legend and Shane Doan. Yeah. They're retiring his number, uh, well deserved. Yeah, we'll be watching that one for sure. It's uh, it's a big deal for Arizona sports. It's you know I I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, at one point, and he's just the most down to earth fella ever. And um, you know, hats off to him on a hell of a career. You know, he definitely deserves it. And and uh, if I could get my hands on one of those bobbleheads that they're giving out tonight, I'd love it because they're actually absolutely awesome. But you know, yeah, I wish. Uh, I wish uh, you know everybody turned tunes into that game. That's going to be a, cool, a good one between two of his former teams too. So that's that's always really cool. And then we have Phoenix Suns news real quick. They still suck. They have the best chance in the lottery for the number one pick, and obviously we're still tanking for Zion. Yeah. So Zion, uh, even though he can break shoes, he'll also you know uh, break through and probably get drafted number one. So we'll see how it goes, and hopefully he's a Phoenix Sun next year. That will make that team pretty yep. solid for sure. 
Uh, Cardinals news real quick. We signed Charles Clay for tight end depth, and we also signed Robert Alford for cornerback to start opposite Patrick Peterson. And obviously, like we talked about last episode, we have the number one pick in the draft, so it'll be interesting in the next couple weeks um, talk about a little bit more. Maybe we draft Nick Bosa, and there's all those Kyler Murray rumors, but we aren't going to draft him. That's my prediction, and I think most uh, Arizona Cardinals fans that follow football know we probably will not Trader be for Antonio Kyler. Brown, you know? Well, Pick up that's, a, that's, a, that's a little much. We will get to that in <laughs> episodes to come, and we'll talk about Antonio Brown for sure. Yeah. Um, little ASU hockey news. They have two more games against Minnesota, and then the tournament is going to start. Yeah. And we're definitely going to dive into the tournament yes. in, our, in our upcoming episodes. We'll um, be big on that for sure. Pretty exciting for ASU hockey yeah. for sure. They've taken a program that, they, that just really is a baby, yep. and, they, and they've turned it into one of the better hockey programs. It's only been two programs. years of NCAA hockey. For Pr- pretty now, incredible. So. Yeah, hats off to them, and hats off to Coach Greg Powers as well. So um, hopefully they keep it going. A uh, little ASU basketball news. Uh, they're pushing for the postseason right now, trying to make March Madness, trying to make uh, all the voters when that comes time to uh, vote them in. They have the Pac-12 tourney coming up. Um, they're currently second in the Pac-12. They beat Stanford this week at home, and uh, tonight is senior day. And then after that, they have the last three regular season games on the road, Pac-12 opponents. So um, big upcoming uh, week for ASU basketball, and they're going to look to finish the season strong. Uh, we're going to kick it over to you for some local news. All right, so Newfoundland news. I've, I've, get, I've been getting ripped on, uh, you know, uh, around the local when I uh, messed up the Tricom Thunder. They're actually a PB AAA team, not an Adam AAA team. I got ripped apart by multiple people for that one. Um but still, they're still going strong. Next week, they'll play their uh, championship series against uh, St. John's Hitman, Hitman. So hopefully they do a good job uh, against them, and good luck to the fellas. Um, another local news, this guy, he just keeps impressing and impressing. And, uh, you know, and he's at 102 points. Alex Newhook in 53 games, 102 points. Um, he had an eight-point night the other night. Um, this guy just never seems to fail to impress. Um, he's just always there for the puck. He's always there for the play. Um, love watching him. He's he. If you watch him, he reminds you of so many different players. He got the size like Sidney Crosby. He he's got the speed like Connor McDavid. This guy is every the whole package, and um, we'll see where he goes come draft time. Um, <clears throat> with the edge and the growlers, the, the they're staying the same. Uh, the edge went on a little losing losing skid, um, and the growlers keep on winning. So. Um, that's it for Newfoundland news, and hopefully, uh, you know everybody. Everybody keeps tuning in to local news. We're going to kick it over to our new segment, which I'm pretty excited for. It's, yeah. uh, ask the fans, and uh, we get questions that uh, they're going to ask us, and we hope, uh, obviously, on our social media platforms in the future, that people ask us more questions. Yeah. So make sure you uh, follow us and, and hit us up with questions online uh, on social media. We'll go over our, our uh, social medias at the end of the episode, but. The first question is uh, from Ed Bartlett. Um, he asks, should the NHL get rid of the challenges for offsides? Uh, my take on it in, uh, is absolute, absolutely. I think it slows down the game. I get very annoyed with all these all these um, games where they um, have challenges in every sport now, right? It's yeah. like it, it, it takes away uh, – my enjoyment of watching a game. Yeah, so it slows I, it down. yeah, and I, yeah, it definitely slows down the game. So I am again, I am against the challenges on offsides, and I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming that you kind of feel similar to I do. Yeah, I do on that for sure. It's, uh, it, it definitely slows the game down. It, it helps at some points, but it's just, uh, you know, it gets a little tiring. Like last year in the playoffs, you someone would score a goal, and it'd be the, it'd be the most obvious that it's not offsides. 
but the coach wants to either get a free timeout type of thing and just call a challenge. So they got to go look at it, and it'll take five minutes, and you know they'll have a little break for their players. That's that's the way I look at it, and I think it should be taken out as well for sure. Um, I mean, just to touch on that a little bit, I mean, think about all the challenges they already have in all the sports, and including hockey. I think we were at the Coyotes game this year with Ottawa, and there was like yeah. – Every goal, or like three straight goals, there was a challenge yeah. for goalie interference or even if the puck crossed the line. I mean, there was tons, and we were like, holy cow, this yeah. is taking forever because of that. I'm pretty sure so. it went, yeah, I'm pretty sure it went goalie interference, and then after that one got declined, they went to offside. So they challenged it back twice in the same goal. That is just, it's just a little, a little ridiculous at that point. Um, the next question Who do you think will get the wild card spots? In the Western Conference of the NHL, it looks like the top six are set. And that is from Eddie Bartlett up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, Thanks for tuning into the podcast, but let's answer this question. So, you know how I feel, and only because it's a homer answer. I think uh, the Coyote is going to sneak into one of those uh, playoff spots. But the the problem remains is that they have to make up four points right now out of that, and that's going to be rough. We we talked about that in the local a little bit. So... Um, I'm hoping that the the obviously they sneak in there, um, and then I think the other one will be uh, the Dallas Stars. I yeah. think they're gonna I think they're gonna secure one of those wild card uh, spots. Um, obviously, we talked about a little bit of trades they were involved in. I think that's to try to secure that that spot. So yeah, I agree. I think <clears throat> I think Arizona will get in, but they they really have to just keep winning. Like they're on this two game win streak right now. Um, they can't they can't lose the shitty teams like that's their problem is they beat these good teams and then they go in and they play a team like like Edmonton or Anaheim and they'll lose you know and that's what's the most frustrating thing about this whole thing is that they they have a good team they would have had a great team if they kept their whole team healthy but unfortunately that didn't happen and now they're using these depth guys to get there and it's and it's re- they're really doing a good job keeping it together but I um, I hope they get in just because it's hometown team. And then the second team, I'm going to go with Colorado. Um, just because Colorado has Nathan McKinnon, um, Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog. All these guys are playing unbelievable. I think they're going to push for the playoff spot. I think they they might they might push. If they get into the playoffs, they might push for an even deeper you know playoff run. Um, and you can't also you also can't count out Chicago. They're tied right now with the Coyotes and they're also they also started the season horribly, but they're really kicking it in the gear, and Patrick Kane's helping that a lot. So. Right, and uh, and good read on Colorado because they are on a four game win streak right now. They're playing great, and we've talked about this in the past. If you can get in the playoffs in NHL and you are in a hot streak, riding a hot goalie, and also your team is gelling well, you can make a run, and we've seen it in the past. So. We will see what happens with those last two wildcard spots. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, so we're going to do two more questions. Um, the next one is, what do you think of the consistency of the refereeing in the NHL this year? Uh, kind of goes back to my um, the whole challenging thing and the reason they have challenges. They're, obviously, they have them because they want consistency. They want it, the calls to be right. But um, the problem with sports nowadays is there's hundreds of cameras all different angles, and we see it in super slow-mo sitting on a recliner at home, and we get mad because they missed a call, right? Because back in the day, they didn't have those angles. You have to remember that these uh, officials and refs, they they have to make these calls in a split second, real time. So, yes, there may be some inconsistencies, and there may be bad uh, refing across all leagues, in my opinion, not only the NHL, but it 
it comes back to the fact that we can see everything now as a viewer at home. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think the consistency is kind of bad, though. Like You see um, in certain games even, you're watching and there's, there's a penalty for um, – you know, tripping on, on one type of play, and then the next play, the same thing happens to the other team, and, and they might miss it. You know, I mean, it might be miss, or it might be like it just it might be you know totally ignored. I don't know, but yeah, I think the consistency, I, I you can't really change it. The refs, you can't really just say, oh, you should have called that one, you're fired. You know, you gotta give them their chances, and that's about it. You know, right. but we'll we'll see how it gets. Hopefully, in the playoffs, it gets a little bit better. Um, because that's when the games count most, and that's when the fans will get more pissed off. Yeah, so. And the playoffs, like you said, they not only count more, but playoff hockey, they 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 fight to the end. So a lot of those games are decided by one goal, yes. and they're not blowouts. So for the the officials, hopefully, are more consistent come playoff time. Yeah, and and the the in playoffs, the refs also get a little bit more lenient for stuff that happens, and they let certain things go, which is good because they let it go for everybody. They're, they're really good in the playoffs, and that's – I wish they just ref that way all year long because it would just make the games a little bit more interesting, a little bit more fun. Uh, but that question is from Pat Hamilton uh, down here in Arizona, so thanks for tuning in to the podcast as well. And the last question, this is a good one from Eddie Bartlett up in Winnipeg once again. Out of each of the major four sports, which player in each sport would you choose to start a franchise with? Um, I'll let you choose your four first, and then I'll go. Okay, so NHL, I'm going to go with Connor McDavid because obviously he is a superstar in this league, and I think he is the best, the best all-around talent. So that's who I would start my NHL team with. Uh, NBA, um, maybe this one's. I think this is a little bit harder for me because there is a lot of NBA players that you could start easily. I mean, you got to think about like Greek Freak, Steph Curry, yeah. um, Kevin Durant. Um, but if I'm going to pick one player to start my team with, I want James Harden. I think he is actually getting better than he has been he's actually we talked about a couple podcasts ago he's contributed on the defensive end finally which he never has in his career and he is a consistent guy that's going to score for you he's going to rebound he's going to have assists so i actually want james harden to start my franchise um so we'll go nfl now for for me i think the the position in NFL that can make the most difference every game and is the is the quarterback. So I have to go Patrick Mahomes, young superstar. Can he repeat it next year? I don't know. Maybe I'm jumping on that bandwagon too soon. But pretty incredible talent, all all in all. Um, and then the last one would be um, baseball. I'm pretty sure I would go with Mike Trout, a guy that hits for average. We talked about. Um, the Hall of Fame inductions, and we said, hey, that guy's going to be unanimous Hall yeah. of Fame if he keeps it up. I honestly think Mike Trout hits for average, hits for power, steals bases, plays great defense. He's my guy to start a MLB franchise. Yeah, okay, so mine, my NHL one, <clears throat> obviously it's, it's Conor McDavid, but if I had to choose a single person to go instead of Conor McDavid, it would be Austin Matthews. Those two are, were in my head, and and I couldn't really choose, but I had to go with McDavid just because he's he's a lot like just the best player in the world. Um, NBA, I'm gonna have to say I hate him a lot, but I gotta say Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is just unbelievable. Um, you know, if I was to start my my own NBA franchise, I'd want him even over LeBron. Yeah, because I just think he's more just just more of a solid player, and, and LeBron is definitely. Um, you know, not always consistent, and I hate to say that, but he's definitely gone down a level this year. <clears throat> um, what was the next one? NFL. NFL is a hard one for me, but I think it would have to be 
Um, kind of agree with yours, but I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield just because Baker Mayfield uh, started last started last year on the bench, but he definitely finished off strong, and I think he's going to have a wicked career. So I think he's definitely going to be my pick for um, who I'd start a franchise with. And then MLB, uh, I got to go with the Yankee superstar. I'm going to go with Aaron Judge. I can't I can't go against him. Um, I love him, and I just think you know he's he's got it all, but. You know, if you like a player that strikes out a lot, yeah. Well, yeah, he does strike out <laughs> a lot, but he also hits that ball pretty damn good too. So, um, I mean, it's it's hard to choose against the Yankees. I don't like really any other baseball players, you know. So, uh, uh, but yeah, well, uh, that's about it. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's a good good little segment, and hopefully, people start chiming in a little bit more next episode. It's a it'll be an interesting one to get the fans involved for sure. Yep. Uh, we're going to kick it over to the Gritty segment. Gritty. So oh, uh, our mascot of the week is actually Gritty yeah, this week, and he deserves it. I mean, it's kind of hard to not give it to him. Hard not to, dude. Yeah. yeah. He, so uh, check out uh, our social media at uh, No Pucks Pod and uh, check out our, our Gritty segment of the yeah. week. And then we're going to uh, tell who our three stars of the week are, three NHL hockey players. Oh. Actually, no. One, two of them. Two, two of them. NHL. Yeah. One, uh, one junior yeah, player. One junior uh, player. Going to get drafted this year. Um, but number three, you can't go against it. 100 points he hit this week. Uh, Nikita Kucherov from the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're rolling. Um, hat, you know, unbelievable for him. Number two is going to be Alex Newhook from Victoria Grizzlies. He put up an eight-point night on Saturday or on Friday. And, uh, I mean, he's six points away from having uh, two points a game this year. And uh, hopefully... He gets it, but six points is a lot of points to get in a game. But for this guy, it's average. So uh, we'll see how he does, and and good luck to him, and, and keep rolling up there in Victoria. And the first star of the week, um, no surprise here, 22-game 20, point streak, 20, 23-game point streak, Patrick Kane from the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, once again, that was an easy decision as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about it for this episode for sure. Yep. Uh, once again, follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go ahead and go give us a couple views and yep. uh, make sure you ask those questions. Yeah, once again, the pot, the follow us at uh, No Pucks Pod on Instagram and Twitter. That's the handle. And then on Facebook, it's just No Pucks Given. So go check it out. Uh, the links will be posted in a couple of minutes. And, uh, and hopefully you guys enjoyed. Thanks, guys. <laughs>